This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef of the Garden Show, Frank Proctor, here too. And a welcome aboard, my friends. David Gaskin, our producer, will be looking at those phone lines. I see we've somebody uh, on the line already. We'll be getting to very shortly, Charlie. Obviously, a very smart guy. Absolutely, Following calling in the mantra: call early, call often, and. Uh, note to Jack, one question per call. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it's nice to see a bit of snow out there, isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah, it's that's good the way for the it garden, should too. Be. Well, it's yeah. great. It's like a little blanket. Yeah, yeah. Until Monday when it starts pouring rain. And, like, what's bless that all about? Heart. Oh, yeah. And then what's, what's on Monday? What's on Monday? The Chinese New Year. That's correct. Right. And so Charlie has clipped out a little. Uh, piece of uh, newspaper phonetics because yeah. we don't read those characters no, very well do for we? happy well uh, you know <clears throat> but it, it tells you here the uh, uh, Chinese New Year phrases and how mm. to say them mm. happy New Year is I think Sun Yen Fai Lok that, exactly but the one word yeah. the phrase we always <clears throat> excuse me here is Gung Hai Fat Chow right right but it turns out that means may you grow wealthy yeah I think it's Choi Choi Gun, Gung Hai Fat Choi well, I'm, I'm the I'm the Chinese I was expert. Say. Yeah, now I'm the expert of the Chinese world. Okay, you okay. can you, you can be that, my sous chef. Also, the the expert of how to pronounce phonetic Chinese characters. Uh, but we are actually yeah. here to talk about gardening. So I will sure. give you a couple of updates of things that are going on in the city yeah. or in the neighborhood. Uh, one is actually tomorrow. There are a couple of events going on at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which of course is at Leslie and Lawrence, uh, right at the corner there, the south. West Corner. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, the Greater Toronto Water Garden and Horticultural Society will Mm -hmm. be meeting at 1 o'clock at TBG. And at 2 o'clock, which is going to happen obviously in a different room, the Toronto Region Rhododendron and Horticultural Society will be meeting. So if you have any interest in learning more or meeting people that Mm -hmm. have great expertise with either water gardens, uh, water gardens and gardening, or rhododendrons, and of course, azaleas and all the various... And they love to share. Acid-loving plants, exactly. They love to share and happy to, to, you know... Be be friendly and friends with you and help you with issues in your garden. So don't hesitate to um, attend because all are welcome. What else? Uh, okay, one more thing. Oh, yes, from last week. Remember, we left off Lois, the last caller. Lois, we keep talking about Granny's Bloomers. Oh, yes. Or I keep talking yeah. about Granny's Bloomers. <clears throat> of course, the question is, where do you buy Granny's Bloomers? Yes. My first thought was Sears, but obviously no. <laughs> it's funny, you know, you Google Granny's bloomers. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of really wacky things. I would out think there. so. Yeah. <laughs> None of which are African pilot fertilizers. <laughs> I'm afraid to <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm afraid to say. So can't really help Lois as to where to buy Granny's bloomers. However, 
I think what we have to do is just move on. I'm never going to mention Granny's Bloomers again. I just, it's such a cute, cute name. I don't think they make it anymore. If they do, I'm, okay, if anybody out there knows where to buy Granny's Bloomers, please call and let us know so everybody will know. Some lingerie salesman's <laughs> bound to call in. I just know it. <laughs> We're talking about African Violet Fertilizer. Oh, okay. So I went to the African Violet Society, yeah. right? Speaking of uh. horticultural groups. The African Violet Society says this about fertilizing. African violets prefer a steady availability of fertilizer in small amounts. They like fertilizers ranging from one that has a balanced NPK, right? Those are the three numbers in a fertilizer, three big numbers. So the ratio could be something like 20-20-20 or 10-10-10. That's very balanced in terms of a fertilizer. So African violets like that. Right up to one that is somewhat higher in the phosphorus, so higher in the middle number, such as 12-36-14 or 15-30-15. So the latter two formula are designed to produce more and larger blooms, especially as showtime approaches, because, of course, if you're a member of the African Violet Society, chances are you compete and you take your African violets to shows, and it's very important that they look perfect. So no matter which formula you use it should have added micronutrients. Now, that's super important. When you're buying a fertilizer, Mm -hmm. there's the NPK, so the three big numbers, like the 15, 30, 15, for example, or the 10, 10, 10. But in very tiny print, you know, carry your magnifying glass, very tiny print, it'll talk about very small percentages of other minerals, things like zinc and magnesium and molybdenum and iron and all kinds of other things. These are the micronutrients. So Any good fertilizer must have added micronutrients, particularly if you're using a soilless mix, a peat-based potting soil, Mm -hmm. or one that's nearly soilless. So these formula are all available in powder or granules. For African violets, the granules should be added to the water at each watering at a rate of one mil of fertilizer per four liters of water. This is considered a constant feed. So there it is. Like I say, I'll stop talking about Granny's Bloomers. You can use any good flowering plant fertilizer, good meaning a good quality proper Mm -hmm. micronutrients in the fertilizer, but do it on a constant basis to keep your African violets constantly blooming. And there you are. The first bit of advice offered up on The Garden Show, and we're we're bound for more, uh, a a lot more, (laughs) between now and (laughs) 10 o'clock. Are you suggesting I'm like bossy or something? No, not at all. But you know what I did forget to do is to give our phone numbers, which is most important, right? Especially if folks are new to the radio station, welcome to AM740 and The Garden Show, 416-360. 0740. That's for Toronto area listeners. And then anywhere else in the province, you can talk to Charlie uh, toll free 1 866 740 4740. And Charlie and I shall return after these words. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, Frank Proctor welcoming uh, to the line Jack calling in from Welland this morning. Hi, Jack. Hello, Jack. Morning. Oops, wait a minute there. Just a minute. Uh, you? There you are. Oh, there Good we morning, are. Jack. Got, yeah, I can hear you. Gotcha. Um, I'm talking about uh, an orchid. Last week I heard you talk about how to water an orchid mm-hmm. and uh, with ice cubes. Yeah. Okay. Now I received one through the holidays and it's it's not one, it's four orchids. Wow. Okay. Um, two of them are sitting into a, a plastic container, and it seems to me like a triangle. And uh, two of them are sitting in, 
and then another there's two triangle ones, and then it, that sits inside of a of a, a urn, like a, a plastic urn. Urn, yep. And uh, the water leaks right through. Now, how do I water four of these orchids at once with ice cubes? <laughs> okay, so so help me understand. So we've, like, there's a large container, and inside the large container are the four orchids, but they're yeah. also all in separate containers. Is that what's going on, really? Or no, there's two, two and two, two containers. Container. And two into the other. Yeah, so what I would do is, I mean, usually when you get orchids, here's a question. You see roots on the surface, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And when you look through or below the roots, do you see wood chips or something else? No, uh, I haven't been down down that far. Okay, so Uh, it's really a uh, massive root. Imitation grass, Uh, like uh, peat moss. Oh, like a moss, Yeah. yeah. That's what covers the top of it. It's a moss. Wow, so that's quite the lovely little little dish garden somebody gave you. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Okay, honestly, I'd have to see it to be absolutely positive, but off the top of my head, mm-hmm. the moss worries me a little bit because the moss is very pretty, like that finished off the whole beautiful presentation when it was given to you. Yes. But the roots that are, I assume are just under that moss actually need access to air. That's one of the reasons they do grow on the surface like that, is that they do absorb carbon dioxide, etc. Um, my impulse would be to peel back the moss a little bit and take a look at the roots. Okay. If you see quite a, you know, they're, they're pretty fleshy. Um, sometimes it kind of freaks people out. They think there's something yeah. wrong when they see all those roots on the surface. If they're there and if they're looking firm and uh, they, they're usually kind of a, a silvery color, though sometimes they get a bit of a green tinge to them, I'd be inclined to peel the moss back or at least loosen the moss so that the roots can access air. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that, just take a peek and see what's below the roots. See if it's, it could be um, styrofoam, it could be rock wool. It could be bark. Properly, it should be bark. Because remember, orchids don't have roots that grow in soil. Orchids live up in trees. They And they live in trees in rainforests. So they get that dappled light, lots of humidity. Um, most orchids are, are, like I say, they're epiphytic. They, they sit up on the branches of trees uh, and they absorb almost all their nutrients and all their moisture from the air, from like the air through their mm-hmm. leaves and through their roots that are being exposed to all the humidity and the, uh, in the air and the rain, etc. So they don't, they're not like our sort of traditional maple trees or, you know, roses that put roots down into the soil. Yes. And um, so that's why it's important that you do keep humidity high around your orchids. Mist them daily or two or three times a day. The trick with the ice cubes, and if you do peel back, back that moss, then I would just lay the ice cubes. You know, you'd have two different areas where you would put three ice cubes. Um, okay. uh, it seems to me a bit cold. Like if I was an orchid, I probably wouldn't want to be watered with ice cubes because my little roots would li- not like that cold. Uh-huh. But what we do like about ice cubes is the slow release of the moisture. Because you, if you just pour in a quarter cup of water, it'll just run right through. Right through, yeah. Yeah, whereas the little ice cubes slowly seep into this, uh, whether it's, like I say, bark or, or rock wool or whatever's below the roots there and hold that the orchid is, is planted into, the substrate that holds them up. Yes. There's a slow release of the water, and it's, a be- it's actually a better way for the orchids to absorb the moisture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a bit of a challenge, but like I say, peel back the moss and consider ice cubes in two locations on the two d- separate little plantings. Yeah. And about three cubes each? Yep, three cubes per, per planting, per, per week. Okay. All right. And mist. Remember to get your little mister out. Oh, yeah.
yeah, I've been listing it. Excellent. Okay. You'll keep it <laughs> <Good> lovely. <man. laughs> thank you, Jack. Right, thank you very much. <laughs> All righty. Coming up to 918 here on the uh, Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, let's uh, have a word here with Evelyn from Toronto. And the little note says, too many indoor plants? Gee, uh, tell us what that's all about, Evelyn. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Love your pl- I love your program. Thank both you. Of you. <laughs> You're both good. Uh, yeah, my question is, in a very small apartment, which a lot of seniors mm. have, would it be ever possible to have too many indoor plants for your health? Oh, well, that's a good question, actually. Um, unless your health is being compromised by getting water to the plants or you're tripping over <laughs> the plants or... You know, there's some kind of sort of a, a safety issue around the, they're, you know, they're in the way uh-huh. or they're top heavy and they might fall over, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Uh, otherwise, actually, no, you would you have, have a lot more a, oxygen, a better yeah. environment. You've a lot more. Your oxygen levels will be much higher in the presence of a high quantity of plants. Yeah. Plus, there's a quality of life thing. It's that whole green thing. That's that. It's one of those qualitative, hard to measure, but we know that even pictures of green forests and flowers makes people feel better. Now, the real thing is is substantially better in terms of health and quality of life. Mm-hmm. I thought I heard a while ago that a woman died because, and they said because she had too many plants in her apartment. Where was that? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of it. It was it was quite a while ago, but you think that was um, a myth or? Uh, okay. Well, you might be referring to. Uh, we had a call actually a couple weeks ago from a woman in Guelph, and she was questioning this whole idea of fungus in the soil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and whether the fungus in the soil uh-huh. <clears throat> became airborne spores, uh-huh. which then made it an unhealthy environment for breathing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that <clears throat> might have been it. Rather than the plants, it might have been something. I sort of was wondering if something that she sprayed on them or something yeah. coming from the soil. Yeah, could be that as well. But, of course, in, in Ontario and in southern Ontario, we have huge advantages. One is we don't spray anything toxic in indoors or outdoors so right away you know that we can throw out that issue as being a problem and number two that fungal question that Mm -hmm. fungus in the soil Mm -hmm. becoming airborne is not a problem where we have four distinct seasons in the year Mm. i guess they have seen some issues with fungus and fungus growing inside Mm -hmm. homes in some of the subtropical and tropical environments like Florida, where there's never true cold. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, in super high humidity and poor hygienic conditions, yes, fungus, though, does it start in the soil of the plants or does it come from somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Sure, any fungus that is out of control can be detrimental to our health. Mm -hmm. But we don't usually have a problem with that. I usually water my plants from the bottom, Mm -hmm. and I notice that sometimes uh, the water stays there for a while. So every few months, I clean off the bottom of the pot and scrub them off in in case there's something mold stuck on the bottom of the pot. That's probably not a bad idea. But the other thing is watering from the bottom is great. Many plants love being watered from the bottom. It avoids the soil compacting Mm -hmm. uh, and allows the plant to take the, the moisture as required. But don't leave water in the saucer uh, an hour later or an hour yeah. and a half later. If you continue to see water in that saucer, dump it into the sink. Yeah, I try to do that. Okay. Okay, thank good. you. Very, very good. Much. Thank you. Good question. Better. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks for your question. Okay, okay, thanks, Evelyn. Uh, pleasure to have you with us on the show. 921, and I'm starting my exercises already. Look at you. Yes, Look I know. Look at you. Well, you, I, that I just... spandex looks better on well, you. Well, thank all you very much. Yes. You've obviously been working out. I have. I have. You have. And I, I've had to. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, over the we winter months, you know, we mm-hmm, gain a little yeah. girth there. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you look good. Well, thank you very and much. And, of course, the reason you're staying so active and pain-free is you're continuing to take your Sierra Sill on exactly. a daily basis. Same as me. Because we feel better. We don't have sore joints and knees and wrists and hips. And I was saying to you, I've been sitting at my computer doing nerdy spreadsheets in a big way for the last few weeks. And yeah, there's nothing like sitting down hour after hour to get up and creak and (laughs) crank and oh my goodness. So Sierra Sil is a mineral supplement that we take daily. And uh, both Frank and I have had good experience. You can have good experience. You'll know within 14 days whether this works for you or not. Uh, It is available via the internet, sierrasil.ca. It is available in many retailers right across Ontario. Goodness Me Natural Food Markets in Burlington, Hamilton and Waterdown carry Sierra Sil. So does the Good Health Mart in Woodbridge uh, and Hooper's Pharmacy in Brampton. And I was mentioning to you, I'd popped into the peanut mill in Mm. uh, in St. Catharines to pick up an entirely different uh, health product. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to ask the uh, girl there. Interview the yes, staff. I, yes. I said, well, I said, uh, no, I work at a radio station in Toronto. And, and I'm just wondering if you ever get requests for scares. Oh, yes, she says. A lot of people come in. They and, want Sierrasil because they hear about it on the radio. Yeah. Well, who was that going? It was uh, Dennis Snowden, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Rascal. okay, so uh, anyway, for more information, go to your local health food store or give them a call. Absolutely. 1-877-JOINT-14. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the Garden Show, Frank Proctor, here. Uh, let's go up to cottage country. Hmm? Mm, Around the Collingwood country. area. Mm-hmm. Stainer and Lorraine is on the line. Hi, Lorraine. Hi. Morning. Um, in the fa- fall, I brought in a calla lily, mm-hmm. and I put it in a flower pot, and now it's getting the long, spiky leaves. Do I need to fertilize it? Okay, so now it's... When you brought it in in the fall, it was still growing, or was it dormant? Oh, well, it had died back. Oh, okay. So, um... Should you fertilize it now? You know what? Technically, that tuber that you brought in yeah. and that is now growing from should be full of all kinds of the, of nutrients and energy ready to grow beautifully. Uh-huh. So I would say at this point, no. Be careful with your watering. It's very easy to overwater oh, okay. when there's just a tiny bit of leaf material, you know, lots of soil and a tuber in there. So be careful. Don't let it dry right out. But at the same time, don't let it be soggy. So water okay. sparingly. Once it starts to show a flower then or a flower bud even, yeah. then I would I would start fertilizing. And will that happen before I can put it outside? Uh, good question. What is it? It's January. Yeah, it should. Yeah, yeah, you should start seeing the flowers on it in the next six weeks. Okay. And then I can just put it out in the spring. Yes, indeed. Shady spot in the garden. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Love it. All right. Great. And, and then it'll be Thanks. the calla lilies are in bloom. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Lynn in Wasaga Beach. Hello and welcome to the show. Yes, good morning. Morning, Lynn. Uh, yes, I have a question for you. My my son, he bought uh, a couple of dozen spruce trees, <laughs> and they're in 10-inch pot, the blue spruce. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, at the moment, he has them in the garage. So what is the best way to preserve them until spring? Is, is he living in Wasaga Beach with you? Uh, yes, actually, he's at Glencairn. Glencairn, okay. Uh, all right, well, this is a good question. 
blue spruce are very, very tough plants. Okay. So, meaning they're hardy. Um, have you got, you probably have a goodly amount of snow there or not so much? Uh, not so much. Yeah, no, it's been a funny winter. The garage should be fine. It, I'm assuming it's a frost-free garage. Like, it's not a highly insulated garage, though, is it? Yeah, it's frost-free, yes. Okay. Uh, all right, so what I would do, if the if the blue spruce are spending the winter in there, which they can do. See, the trick is, it's colder above ground than in the ground. So okay. the idea of not leaving the pots directly outside is a good idea because they could actually dehydrate and die outside above ground in the winter unless there's lots and lots of snow, which there hasn't been, so the garage is a safe spot. The trick, though, is that the plants are not completely dormant, uh, particularly if it's above zero at all times. So one thing is I would uh, recommend watering those plants about four cups of water once a month, just room temperature water uh, into the pots. I'm assuming the pots have drainage holes, so a good amount of water will drain right through. The other is, is there any windows in that garage at all? Yes, there is, yeah. Oh, perfect. All right. That's all I would do. I would just water them once a month until we get up till about early April, mid-April, and then I would start introducing them the, to the outside, the garage. I would take them out into a shady spot on a day when it's above zero, protect them from wind, protect them from sun for a couple of weeks, and then slowly but surely introduce them to the real world of sun and wind and plan where you're going to plant them, keeping in mind that each of those plants is going to be 40 feet tall and 20 feet wide in 20 years. Okay. Okay, so I hope you have a big acreage. Very good. Yes, okay. it does. Yeah, I got 83 acres. Oh, perfect. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Good. That's right. great, Lynn. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks for your call. And you are listening to The Garden Show here at AM740. I'm Frank Proctor, Charlie Dobbin, of course, the Master Gardener, answering your questions. And sometimes we get comments on various things, not a question so much, which I think is the case next with Fred, who's on the line from Bowmanville. Good morning, Fred. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. How about you? Fine, thanks. Morning, Fred. Just a comment, Charlie. Mm -hmm. I have been growing African violets for quite a number of years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I use Schultz 8149, just seven drops. Okay. All the time, every time you water? Yep. Yep. And I water them from the bottom, mm-hmm. but don't leave them standing in the water. Mm-hmm. Not Try not to anyway. Right. Unless I forget. <laughs> Much longer than 15 minutes. Right. 15 to 20 minutes, and then empty the excess water out. Right. So that's good advice as well, that always important to water from the bottom and exactly in the case of african violets it's easy to have you know get them Mm -hmm. too wet too soggy and really cause problems so never leave the water for more than yeah 15 minutes 20 minutes so you have had good experience with and the schultz 849 is that the all-purpose schultz or is that an african no this is the african it is uh, liquid plant food okay so there you go so that's one we can recommend uh as opposed to the old granny's bloomers (laughs) that i keep mentioning that i don't i've never seen the old granny That, that was news to me. Oh, you had you've never run into it in your travels at all? No, I've always used uh, before this came out. I just used the regular sh- uh, Schultz on my African violet. Yeah, but you're a Schultz fan, obviously. Pardon me. You're a fan of Schultz fertilizer, obviously. Well, not well. It seems to work, so that's why I use it. <laughs> well, way, 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 way back when I used to work in retail, I worked for White Rose Crafts and Nursery. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, uh, we used to sell Granny's Bloomers, and we used to sell something called Power Caps, and I think both those things have now disappeared off the market. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you that at one point because we lived in Richmond Hill. And when I started mm. to, grow, to grow, I better not take your time. No, it's okay, no. started to grow plants. We used to go up to White Rose Nurseries. Mm-hmm. 
and I have a feeling that there, I remember a lady up there that was great to talk to. <laughs> she had all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be Charlie. It might have been me, actually. <laughs> well, now, I, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can put a face to the voice, huh? Well, that was some years ago. So yeah, well, it's, it's quite wrinkled now, I'll tell you that. Y- yeah, you wouldn't recognize me now. Thanks for that, Frank. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, thanks ever so much. Thanks, thanks Fred. Fred. Good, right. good advice. All right, so I good hope stuff. Lois is listening from last week because I had her all hepped up on Granny's Bloomers. And for sure, the Schultz African Violet Food is out there. That is very available at any good garden center, and I, I believe you'll even find that at the Lowe's yeah. and the Home Depot's and the Canadian Tires and all those Excellent. various big box stores. I notice we have a couple of lines open right now, so I better uh, kind of pre-warn folks there, yeah. 416-360-0740 in Toronto, and then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, before we uh, actually came on the air, I was talking to Charlie about one of her big jobs every year is uh, doing a lot of work for Canada Blooms, which is coming up in March. Uh, March 16th, I think, is the opening day. Is that? Am I right there? It is, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I thought it might be interesting for the listeners to hear what you, you're going through right now. Uh, I said, <laughs> no, how are you doing? She said, oh, you said, oh, my mom's sore, sitting in front of that, <laughs> sitting in front of that computer, <laughs> doing spreadsheets. I have a sore butt. It's yeah. true. <laughs> I'm standing up to do this radio show, in case you're wondering. <laughs> yes, indeed. I am the queen of the nerdy spreadsheet at this point in my life. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because my job as Horticultural Director of Canada Blooms entails having hundreds of thousands of amazing plants in peak perfect condition for the 10-day period of March 16th to 25th, I have them growing all over Ontario. And um, so I, I buy the plants, I set them up to be forced or tricked mm-hmm. to start growing now. And they're all over the place. And it's what's really interesting for me is that some of the growers use gallon-sized pots. Some of the growers use pots that are measured in inches. And some of the growers use pots that are measured in centimeters. And what I have to do is I have to have all this information all collected on one huge big spreadsheet. Proper names, Latin names, pot sizes, plant varieties, cultivars colors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, put, then put all that together into an order form so my garden builders can pre-order all these plants so that when they get to the show, I have all these plants ready to give them to put into their gardens. And it's it's a killer. It's just, a, I mean, I've just been seeing cross-eyed. I'm because, getting a headache just yeah. thinking of it. I'm, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be the person to do this. No, oh, you Lord. have to be a certain kind of a detailed, nerdy person like me because it really <laughs> is not something that uh, just anybody could do. But it just goes to show how much work goes in well, well before the show oh, gosh, all year long. All in the pre-organization. Yeah. And you're going like to have to do a lot of this ordering twice because it's going to be twice as long. That's right. We have a 10-day show yeah, this year. Good point. Yeah. For the first time ever, Canada Blooms will be 10 days long. So part of the deal is is here's all your trees and your shrubs right. and your roses yeah. and all these gorgeous plants. But your flowers need, all the flowers at the show will be replaced halfway through the show. Gee, because they job. will not last for 10 days. Yeah. We're lucky to get five good days out of, you know, tulips and daffodils and many of the flowers that we have. So that's why, that's the other thing is that, you know, there's this uh, 
instant pre-ordering of whatever you order first will be instantly pre-ordered for halfway through the show where we'll spend an entire night ripping and tearing the show apart and putting it all back together so it will look amazing the and following morning. And you will be morning. totally exhausted. I have seen you <laughs> every you year <laughs> about March time. She's wandering around in days. I know. Talking gibberish. Bags under my eyes. It's so much fun doing a show them. with her <laughs> during that time. Well, that's why I like to bring in a guest so they can carry the show <laughs> for right. me. Because uh, you're right, absolutely right. It is a, it's, it is a lot of work, and the older I get, the well, more no, tired I, found, I get. <laughs> I found it really interesting that, you know, I, I never realized how much work went into it. And uh, from the you know, horticultural director of the show, mm-hmm. man, that's a ton of work. Yeah, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Trust me. Well, if yes. If you haven't been to Canada Blooms, you've got to come this year because it is totally worth it. Well, I hope Marlene out there in Aurora has heard that and will be coming to the show. Hi, Marlene. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I listen to your program every Saturday morning, and I've gotten so much valuable information. Oh, great. I had a question. I have uh, three new ewes that were planted in September. They're about three feet high, but I noticed two of them are exhibiting uh, rust-colored foliage in some areas. Should I be concerned about this and uh, do anything in the meantime? Uh, Yes. Number one, is it possible that a dog has been peeing on them? No. Okay. So if we're seeing browning, then probably it's the south side or the southwest side. That's correct. And that's from sun and warmth. Now, when they were planted in September, they were well watered probably. They were well watered, and I watered right up. I mean, even into December, I was watering. Hmm. When plants are planted late in the summer like that, in September, sometimes the roots don't get a chance to start to grow and get outside of that that form they were in inside the pot. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is the uh, above ground, the sun and the air will start to dehydrate. Even though you're watering the soil, the roots aren't actually absorbing the, okay. the, um, the moisture and the plant will start to brown off. What I would do is, of course, you're going to wait until we're well into spring. So probably May, even June, you're going to have a look at these plants. If they are really looking rough, meaning more than 20% of the plants are rusty colored or brown or yellow, I would replace them. I'm assuming wherever you got them from had a guarantee yes, and that you can have them replaced at no cost. Okay. That I would do that rather than fiddling around with them. If um, you didn't have a guarantee, your only option would be to trim. And use are wonderfully forgiving. When you, we trim them, they sprout all kinds of new growth. But of course, they have to be established with their roots and you know be healthy and happy to be able to sprout all that new growth. Okay. So for, in the short term, I'd get them replaced in the spring and then let them grow on through the summer and of course do what you did lots of good watering in the fall next year and then the following spring see how they look and you'll you'll trim just as necessary for shape and form etc i thought that being put in in early september and being watered right up until you know i could water no longer that they would have had sufficient moisture in order to establish well it should have but perhaps a couple of things could have happened one is if they're really really pot bound the roots could have been really bound into that form that they come out of sometimes in the pot Mm mm-hmm so depending on how pot-bound they were, like sometimes I'll use a knife or a scalpel and I'll actually cut roots if it's a really tangled mass of solid roots uh, in the pot. I'll actually slice the ball, the root ball, just to da- like literally hurt the roots to force new growth, which is mm-hmm. new root growth. Okay. So that Thank might you. have helped or a little bit of transplant or fertilizer as well. 
Okay. Well, they were done in the fall when yeah. they were put in with yeah. fertilizer and everything. Good. So okay. Hopefully they will survive. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Bye. Marlene. We're going to be taking a trip to uh, Stony Creek in just a moment. A reminder of those phone numbers, 416 Anywhere else in the province, toll free to reach the Garden Show in Charlie Dobbin, 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back after these words. Hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, saying hi to Donna in Stony Creek. Welcome to the show, Donna. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It's the first time I've been on your show. Mm, welcome. And, um, I'm very impressed at um, how... Um, how much information you can give us, customers. <laughs> can you hang on? I've got to turn the radio down. Yeah, oh, sure. Yes, good idea. Sure. Good idea. Absolutely, yeah. When you do call, uh, we don't have a time delay here. No, we uh, don't. But it does become a little problematic when you do have the radio it on. It can. You can get some real feedback yeah. going on there, yeah. speaker feedback. Sorry oh, there yeah. we are. Okay. That's great. Um, okay. I, um, I have brought in uh, my geraniums from the garden and hanging pots from the summer. Mm-hmm. And I, any of the plants that were in the ground, I took all the, the soil off, rinsed the roots, repotted them in fresh soil and clean pots, and now they've been growing under the grow lights mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. But they have gotten massive, <laughs> and they're right into the light bulbs. They're so tall. <laughs> oh, gee, that's they're a problem. They're very lush, but I need to know... Um, should I cut them back about half um, to thicken them up a little bit at the base? Um, because I've got till oh, May, I guess, before I can plant them outside again. Well, is is your best case scenario that those plants that are currently in your home will be going right back outdoors? Yes. Or Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I would cut them back. Cut them right back. Yeah, and you could do it now. Yeah, actually, you should do probably do it right about now. You yeah. might even have to do it again between now and May. Quite okay. like what you have there, what we call the mother plants. Mm-hmm. So if you were um, doing this as a grower would do it, uh, for, like a geranium grower, you would hold on to the mother plants, which you have, which you already know are amazing plants because you had them outside last year and mm-hmm. you like the color and you like the growth habit and you found them healthy and easy to grow. So now you've got them in a frost-free situation. They're sending shoots all over the place. What a grower would do right now is they would take, cut them back, as you suggest, but they would keep all those cuttings, and they would root those cuttings, and then those little rooted cuttings would go into four-inch pots, and then those are the plants that would go either for sale or outside into the garden beds in massive you know, sort of plantings. Pardon me. Well, I have tried that, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I can do that with a lot of my plants. I, they don't seem, the cuttings don't seem to, um, they don't seem to grow. To root very quickly or to grow at all? Or grow at all. Oh. Mm. No, they just don't seem to, they just die right off. And I've tried every kind of soil that I've heard of, you, soilless as well as soil. But of course, you, so you can root cuttings in water. Mm-hmm. And, of course, using a rooting hormone often helps at this time of year when plants are not actively growing. We will often use a rooting hormone on the cut end just to stimulate roots. And remember as well where the roots come from. The mm-hmm. roots come from the nodes, and the nodes are where each of the leaf stems come from. Right, right. So you've got to ensure that you've got at least two or three nodes okay. underwater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also depth, right, in terms of that. Have you tried the using just water before? 
Yes, I have, uh-huh. and they just don't seem to. Is there such a thing as like hybrid or something that you cannot reproduce? Good. plants okay so yes what what when they say hybrids don't breed true what they mean is from seed oh. you, when you take a cutting from a plant that's a clone that's a genetic clone of the mother it's, it's absolutely identical a hybrid which is we won't get into what a hybrid is but bottom line is if you have a hybrid that sets seeds and then you plant those seeds you'll find that 100% of those seeds will not look like the parent but like the mother oh i see. you're lucky to get 25% of the seeds actually look like the mother just from a, a genetic perspective because hybrids don't breed true clones okay. always are identical to the parent i see i see so okay. when i charlie when mm-hmm. i cut back my geraniums um, would you suggest, because they've never been fed mm-hmm. well, um, food mm-hmm. since I brought them in, mm-hmm. and they're, they've been growing the most gorgeous flowers, and I keep the flowers taken off, and, and I just put them in a little jar on the, on the, by the window, and they look so beautiful in the, in the winter. <laughs> That's great. But should I start feeding these plants now? In February, I would. I oh, would February. start feeding on a regular basis, every two weeks. And what would you feed them? Mir- miracle yeah, I was going to say miracle grow. You need you need a good all-purpose fertilizer. Uh, something remember that middle number will always encourage flowering. So a higher middle number uh, will always encourage flowering. Uh, but mir- good old miracle grow is a wonderful all-purpose uh, fertilizer for flowering plants and garden plants in general. Just follow the instructions in terms of your your mix. What are your numbers kind of in that for this time? Uh, you know what? It's uh, they changed the formula, Miracle Grow. I can't even remember anymore what it is, and I don't have it at the tips of my fingers. But I will. Uh, I'll let you know. We'll um, okay. after this commercial, I'll, I'll let you know what okay. exactly the numbers they, are. They used to have, or they do have a twenty 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 or something. Um, but I that's don't something I would use outside. Yeah, I wouldn't go with a twenty 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 on my geraniums now. Uh, I'll tell you what. Frankly, I'm a huge fan of a fifteen thirty fifteen, but okay. Miracle Grow is not fifteen thirty fifteen. I know that. I just, mm-hmm. I'll have to double check. It's like a, you know, 8, 16, 24 or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll okay. look it up and let you know. I'll listen to the program. All righty. Okay. Thanks for your call, oh, Donna. It's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for all this information. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot, uh, Donna. Nice to have you on the show. And we've got time to uh, have a little word with Mary here from Georgina. Good morning, Mary. Hello. Morning. I'm talking about uh, a house plant that I've uh, had for uh, many years. It's called an aspidestra, mm-hmm. the cast iron plant. Yes. And uh, currently it isn't doing very well. It's, um, it's, uh, uh, I know it is pot bound, but um, the, uh, all the, I've got about, there's about uh, f- maybe four or five bulbs, or I think that's called, uh, at the base of the, each plant. Mm-hmm. But, I only have one leaf left on one plant. Wow. What should I do next? <laughs> You've done the impossible. <laughs> You've the almost impossible? killed a cast iron plant. <laughs> That's right. They're supposed to not be uh, destructible. Exactly. They're what are considered indestructible. So, no, I'm joking. No, it, you yes. know what? The pot bound, you probably know exactly what your issue is. It probably is just that. Um, just to give you a little background, Aspidistra is an old favorite. It's from, you know, the Victorian era. It was once maligned, but it's now regaining some of its former popularity just because it is such a tough plant. It, uh, it does seem to thrive on neglect. Uh, so typically if we kill it, it's from too much love, like too much water, or uh, it's just the fact that um, it has, it's just so pot bound. 
Um, now, here's a couple of things. Temperature, like average warmth, but keep it cool and frost free in winter. So it doesn't well, like. That's what I was wondering if it was too cool, uh, but uh, no. obviously not. But no. the other question that I would have about it is um, it gets some, um, it's on a fairly low table below the uh, window, mm-hmm. like it's not really right in the window. And it uh, gets east uh, sun in the morning, okay. and then the rest of the afternoon there are um, the sun comes in from the southwest, but there's uh, shears across those windows. Not a problem. See, that's yeah. one of the cool things about this plant is that it's so tolerant of whatever light levels you give it. It'll take bright light. It'll take the back of your closet. It's really one of those plants that just seems to be able to cope with whatever you throw at it light-wise. But as we point out, must be kept frost-free, but cool in the winter is good. Water sparingly in the winter, so allow it to dry right out between waterings in the wintertime. Some of us aren't too keen on misting our plants or worrying about humidity, but it is a plant that doesn't mind having its leaves given a good wash every now and then, whether it's hauling it off into the shower with you or giving it a mist. Uh, Just a nice idea to keep it clean and dust-free, that sort of thing. And if, if necessary, I would repot it now, but your best time to repot is later, more like February, March. Mm-hmm. But spring is the time to repot for sure. Now, are those bulbs that it's growing from? Mm-hmm. They are the tuberous roots, so it's a very thick, right. uh, yeah, that's tuberous. what you're seeing on the surface. And if it's so pot-bound, there's virtually no soil left in the pot, that's probably something that's going on as well. It's really hard to know when to water. When you do now, water, it probably runs right through. Now, this, I inherited this plant after my mom died, which is over 20 years, and mm-hmm. it's, who, I don't know uh, what kind of soil it's in either. So it's been in that soil for 20, well, yeah. 20 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. It clearly needs some fresh soil. <laughs> but you it know what you'll cool. do? Just get a, an all-purpose potting soil from uh-huh. your local store. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, but you could go to a bigger pot or, and frankly, that'd be the best thing. That would be very rejuvenating for the plant would be to pot it up or at least do some division. If you're going back into that same pot, make two or three pots. Yeah, It's a very nice big clay pot. Is it? Yeah. But give it a scrub before you go back into it. Right. Okay. There you go, Mary. Thank you very much for the call and for uh, mentioning that plant. You know, the first thing that came to my mind. Ask pedestrian. Is that old song? I think it was by George Formby. She's got the biggest ass pedestrian in the world. Oh, you ever, now, have you ever heard it? No. no. I'm looking at David Gaskin, our producer, We're and he's both. going, Proctor, you've finally gone nuts. Yeah. But We're there are some sighing. out there, there are some out there who will know uh, what I'm talking about. Sure. And I need to know the singer, though. That's the thing. Oh, okay. So, I, I think it's George Formby, but I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, so that'll be number one question yeah. going out to all our listeners is who sang that She's song? She's got the biggest, biggest ass pedestrian in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meantime, we'll be along to talk to Elaine in Scarborough in just a couple. Maybe she's got the answer for us. Uh, but there are questions regarding one's health that I know Charlie has the answer to. Supposing I get up in the morning and, oh, boy, I'm, I'm stiff and I, I need some help here. What do I do, Charlie? Then I just say, sing, sing it along there, Frank, and you'll, you'll soon forget your pain. Or take three little capsules of Sierra Sil, mineral supplement. Both of us take this daily, and we actually take it because it does provide improved comfort. Uh, just because we can, we're more flexible. Mm-hmm. So you know, we can get out there and shovel snow and kickbox and go off to our Pilates classes and all that important stuff, and keep ourselves active and feeling good. 
and like still fitting are. into our clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so, More important, yes. <laughs> exactly. So now CRSL is out of the wet from British Columbia. So initially you couldn't really buy it in Ontario. You could only buy it over the phone or via the internet. Now you can still do that, sierrasil.ca. Uh, but it is available in more and more local health food stores. Uh, Nature Source has five different store locations, Mississauga, Oakville, Toronto, Coburg, and a store in Maple. And another uh, group of stores called The Health Planet. Again, five locations, North York, Pickering, Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough all carry Sierra Sill or give the people a call in Vancouver, one joint 14 Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the old sous chef of the Garden Show, Frank Proctor, here, welcoming... Old, I like I, that. Yes, I knew you <laughs> would like that. You yourself mm, old. Mm, my mistake. <laughs> uh, Elaine in Scarborough, welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. How are you, Charlie? Excellent. Good. Listen, I just ha- it's the first time I've called, mm-hmm. and I just happened to... Um, grab uh a listen to the radio as i was going out the door mm-hmm. and um you were talking i think it was a couple of weeks ago about putting some a black plastic on mm-hmm. the lawn to kill the weeds right where when do i put it down and where do i get the black plastic i would get the black plastic from your local big box home store home depot lowe's rona any of those places so it's yeah. black plastic because when the sun beats down it will heat the black will obviously absorb the light. It will become very, very hot. Well, uh, I get the sun in the ba- in the backyard all day. Okay. So I'm just saying black speeds up the process because it bakes what's below even quicker than a white or a clear plastic will. Yeah. Okay. And actually, you don't want clear because then the sun will get through and things will grow underneath. I don't want that. Thank you. No, you don't. What you're pulling weeds. That's right. Well, what you're doing, though, when you do the plastic idea is you're killing everything below the plastic. That's so okay. you're killing the weeds and the grass. Of course, the worms and all those guys can get out from beneath the plastic, but the plants can't move and they die. Well, you that's couldn't, okay with me. You'll put the plastic down anytime you want. I mean, you can put it down now if you want. The, yeah, in the snow? You could, but the trick is, is remember, you've got to seal the edges, whether you put two by fours along the edges or soil mounded along the edges. Main thing is you want no light to get under that plastic. And then as this ground starts to thaw and the sun, you know, is up longer, uh, it will have to sit there with the sun beating on it for at least six weeks before everything below is dead. Six weeks. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then I seed it after that. Correct. Okay, Charlie. Good luck with that. Uh, thanks a lot. Have okay. a good day. Thank thanks. you. Well, uh, Crystal Beach, Lynn there, mm-hmm. uh, is going to let us have a peek at Granny's Bloomers. All right. Well, son of a gun. Yeah. Hello, Lynn. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good morning, both of you. Morning. Um, we have used Granny Bloomers for years, mm-hmm. and I can't say that you can still get it, because I haven't done that recently. Yeah. But... I am going to find out from my mother, who's 91. She's used it for years and years and years and years. Yeah, see? But I'm wondering if it isn't um, from the Scott. No, it's not. It's not from Scott. No. Okay, I'm going to find my bottle, and I will call next week and tell you where it's from. But, yes, I have bought it at hardware stores. Right, like a home hardware or something like that. Yeah, because we have... um, Mine is probably outdated. <laughs> oh, fertilizer doesn't usually go bad, no. so that's why we don't worry about it getting no, old. But, 
Yeah, check and see if you can read the price tag on it or if you can, yeah, yeah just to see if somebody locally has it. Because honestly, it was a bit of a dead end when I looked on the internet. Yeah, well, I, we've used it for years. And, and you like it. It's in a little, um, a little square container. Um, but what I have been using uh, since I wasn't able to find it at the local garden center, but you can find it at the some of the old hardware stores, you mm-hmm. know? that still have stuff hanging around. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, thank, thank you for the question. All right, give and, uh, us a call next week yeah. when, when you can, if you have any more information to share. Thank okay, you. But I wanted to tell you that the miracle Growth spikes, the food spikes. Oh, yeah. It's 612.6. Oh, thank and, you. And they work very, very well. And those are ones, little spikes for indoor plants or for outdoors? No, for indoor. Oh, okay, 612.6 okay. spikes. Wonderful, thanks. Okay, bye. 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 I don't know. Yeah, it's going to drive me crazy if I don't find out the All answer. All right, here. go. Uh, Irene Oshawa apparently <laughs> knows the song. The Aspidestra. Biggest Aspidestra in the world, uh, I believe. Hello, Irene. Yeah, hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Who the heck was it that sang that song? It was Gracie Fields. Gracie Fields, yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I have I have uh, two or three records of hers <laughs> and George Formby. We love them both in our family, and I know that's her because I, I think I've probably got that song on one of her records. Well, thank you. That's the the last little bit of airtime we have, but I appreciate the call. Really do. <laughs> Thanks, I know, Irene. If I hadn't found out, you know, if I'd have been you and not found out, it would have bothered It'd me. It'd drive me crazy. Yep. Right. <laughs> and we, speaking of crazy, we well, got to go. We do have to go. Thanks, everybody, and I'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.